So first up this morning, uh, so we're going to have three testimonies shared. And first up, uh, all of all of different variety. But first up, let me introduce someone hopefully you already know, uh, Karen, to share something she's got from what she's seen God bring her. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, John. Now, um, I don't really know where to start. I promise I won't take too, too long. Um, Jono did give me only an hour, so see how I go, guys. So I'll just try and... Um, now, I, I have been... I just want to share a little bit of a testimony around the Word of God. Um, I have been a Christian for quite a long time. I've been going to church for quite a long time. Um, I've been reading the Bible on and off, maybe, for a little while. And um, in the last couple of years, I've been going to BSF, which is the Bible Study Fellowship, and it's totally transformed my mind and my life. Um, and I just feel like God has really, really spoken to me through His Word. And you know how it says, it says in the Word, if you seek me, you will find me, but if you seek me with your whole heart. And I know in the past as a Christian, I've been reading the Word of God here and there, and I've been kind of snacking on the Word of God, and I haven't really kind of put my heart and soul in trying to discover who God really is. And it's not until I've really seeked Him that I've found, that I find that I've actually found who God, who God really is through His Word. And... Um, I just want to kind of, I know I was speaking to um, Megan and I think it was Sarah a couple of weeks ago and I was telling them how at the moment I'm learning a lot about, um, I'm studying the book of Kings and you would try, you would think what on earth would you find in the book of Kings, like what would there be, like what would be interesting about the book of Kings, like give me the Psalms or Ephesians or something like that. But do you know how amazing the book of 1 Kings has been so far? It's amazing how God can even speak to you through the Old Testament and through 1 Kings. And um, some of the things that he's been teaching me through 1 Kings is um, very much about Solomon, how Solomon built this beautiful temple, how you might all know about Solomon, how he built this beautiful temple for God. It was laid in, inside and out, all inside, walls and the floors were gold. It was quite extravagant. It was quite an amazing temple that he built for God. And back then, the temple of Jerusalem was proclaimed God's promise. That was his promise to live with his people. Um, and I just thought, you know what? What I learned out of this was the fact that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We, we are the temple. We are it. Back then, in Jerusalem, people used to go to the temple and go before God, um, go to the priests there. Um, priests used to do, you know, sacrifice for their sins. But... We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't actually have to go to a temple or do sacrifices or anything like that anymore. We, we can come boldly before God, before his throne room and ask him for, for his forgiveness. He leads us and guides us through his word. But the thing that stood out for me with Solomon was the fact, not only the fact that he actually built this incredible um, temple for God and he dedicated to God, but the thing that stood out was that halfway through God paused Solomon and said to him, Please remember to keep my laws and my commands. How important it is for you to remember me and not forget me. And as we know, the picture of Solomon, the story of Solomon, it did not end that well. But how important it is for us, do we daily, on a daily basis, do we read the Word of God? Do we ask God to show us and give us understanding of the Word of God? Do we, are we transforming our lives, it says to transform our hearts, to transform our minds with the Word of God? 
to be transformed. And how important is that if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, how important is for us to walk in God's ways, to walk in His statutes, to walk according to God's ways. And um, and it's just been amazing how much it has meant to me. And I really wanted to share that with you guys today, um, the importance of God's word in our life. Thank you. Jono uh, asked me to say a few words this morning and um, share something. I didn't really know what I had to share, but I thought all I know is that sharing is the way. But uh, what's, what's the I looked it up in Revelation, it says, Are you thinking through the blood of the Lamb and the bold word of their witness? So I thought, I better find something to be bold witness about. So I thought about um, our life the last few years since we, before we started coming here and since then and uh, we moved back from Cambodia, we were in Cambodia for a number of years and going over there was uh, daunting to say the least, we had three little kids like this, Sue, um, we didn't know what we are going there for, we couldn't speak the language, not many people spoke English when we got there, it was very little English, now a few do, it's the, the thing to do to learn English, opens their world they think. Um, so we had to learn the language and it was hard, it was really hard, like just everyday things were hard. You couldn't buy anything, you couldn't get fresh milk, you didn't put on pen, you know, like it's crazy. And uh, th- that's, the, that's the least of your problems, but just little things, that's an example of the little things you have to learn to deal with after being here. And um, anyway, then it was time to come home, which was different again, which to me was almost more, more daunting than going coming back. What are we going to do when we get back? We don't know. Well, I've got no identity. It's like your identity is wiped out. If you have your thing to do there and you know what you're doing and it's your life and everything's wrapped up and your kids are doing stuff and but it was time to come back. Elijah through school and he had to come back, integrate, reintegrate into Australian society sometime and the others did too and we thought well we're going to wait until we've got three, three of them who don't know what's going on so we bit the bullet and came back after much time of prayer, of course. And, <laughs> and um, coming back was hard. It was just this argument was harder than going, really. Because going, you know, it's a command of God to go. Coming back is not a command of God, um, although it's part of life. It's and we had no house to come back to. We'd sold our house in Mount Beauty, bought an investment property in Newport to stay in the market. That was from God because it's just it's one of the best things that ever happened. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, we had tenants in the house. We come back, got nowhere to live. So I'm running around. Autumn and I come home first. Was it just Autumn and I, was it? Yeah. Yeah, she had to look after me. And um, <laughs> so Autumn and I come home first, and we, we're trying to find a house to rent. There was no houses to rent. What are we going to do? We're staying with a friend, and you know, you don't want to wear that wear it out, the friendship and the accommodation, yada, yada, yada. Um, anyway, we all and I find a house in Newport, and that was good. And then, but then we've got all our things that before we left, we had all our things, our worldly belongings, bundled up in two containers, sitting in the middle of a paddock up in Mount Beauty um, on a farmer's property. <laughs> So I thought, how am I going to get that back? And I'm looking at trucks, and it's going to cost me an absolute fortune because I'm not going to get in one little truck. 
old horroring truck and I'm going to get it back. He's going to drive and panicking and uh, anyway, next thing, enjoy church. A pastor from Joy Church rings me up, the, the good Reverend Mick, and he says to me, Paul, you got some stuff up there in the paddock? I said, yeah. He says, what if we get a couple of trucks? We hire a couple of trucks for, for a day and we'll go up and get it. I thought, sounds like a plan to me. Great idea. And um, anyway, they do it and they, they just rock up and they got these big burly guys, three or four guys and two trucks. And they say, meet us at the car park in the dark in the morning and we'll leave and we go up there and back, get all that stuff. Emptying those containers was just like a time capsule. We'd, get, we'd drag the kids' bikes out and they're like little clowns' bikes. <laughs> they're this big and the kids are this big now and they've got these little clown bikes. I thought, I'm glad we kept that. <laughs> and all, this, all this other stuff. Pull out our television and it's like, have you got it? Someone on the other end, yeah, I've got this in here. It's a big fat television. Like huge screen, you know, like this big, and throw that out, and uh, and everything else in the container. We just about we threw as much stuff away or gave it away as we kept. And all that stuff we kept is just stuff, you know. And, and you realise how it's just stuff. And, um, mind you, there was a lot of good stuff in there <laughs> that we did keep, and um, but it was just a real, it was a real eye opener for me, and. Uh, then, oh, and then there was, what are we going to do? And like I said, we've lost our identity. What are we going to do? So Trina says, oh, well, I still want to do Cambodia. Like, I don't, just leaving in itself. I can't just leave that and drop it. You know, we go and meet with ACC who sent us. And uh, they, offered, they put this whole plan on the table, whereas Katrina could still spend two days a week running the NGO in Cambodia from here and received some income from it and she's still doing that to this day and it's just we never even thought of that you know like and it's just been great and that way the and the NGO has just been able to thrive and go forward with Cambodian leadership which was always our intention to leave we wanted to leave it as their project not us and I have to rely on us and us white honkies and all our brains and you know, it was so great and everything, but we wanted it to be theirs, and, and, and it is. We walked away, and, and they're doing it, you know, and it's just such a blessing. God, you used us pathetic little mortals to, to, to do your work over there, and it's still running, and uh, babies are being saved still, you know, like, and it's great. It's a, it's, I feel so privileged to be a part of that, you know, and to be used by God. Uh, my wife more than I, but obviously I look after the kids when they're a little. Not every good woman's a good Exactly, darling. Um, but yeah, then 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 Elijah finished school, so we had to come back, and God has just been so good since we've been back. I mean, we were able to move back into our house, which had been not trashed, but not treated too kindly. Um, and he provided them the funds to be able to totally redo it, deck it all out. It was only two bedrooms, so what are we going to do? We've got three kids. Anyway, so I said to Katrina, let me have a look at this smart guy that I am. I check out the garage, and the garage is, it's not just a garage, it's fully lined under the main roof, and it's got insulation in it. And so, okay, so I polished the floor and put a wall up, and the boys will love it in there. It's, it's the bloke thing. The bottom gets the room in the house, and the boys in the garage, and it's worked out really well. And um, God's just provided for us. 
over and over and over. Like Katrina's work, um, she applied for this position as a maternal child health nurse, and it's just like ten minutes away, and it's it's hard work. But she's, but again, she's working with people who were very similar to what she was doing in Cambodia. Um, she's got interpreters, like probably two or three a day. Not uncommon for that. And, uh, same problems as Cambodia too, you know, but, but this, she's able to do a lot with the resources that she's got working through the government here. Well, at least the government here, people will whinge about the government, go in Cambodia and see what their governments are like. You know, complain, there's no social service to draw, nothing at all. And that's what she was able to do and we were able to do over there was to draw on the generosity of Australians and Americans and people around the world giving to us to be able to run the program that was set up over there and is still running to this day under their steam, the Cambodian people are running it. So I just give glory to God for all that he did and is still doing there and uh, and looking after us more than we ever thought. We never thought we'd be living in lovely Newport and we love it here, you know, near the coast and kids are going, the kids go, the kids, we thought, where are they going to go to school? We put them in to school at this other school that they're not in now. Um, I won't mention it, but it was, it's a great school. Resources are terrific, but it's pretty wild. I mean, Josiah puts his phone on one day in the classroom and I just couldn't believe it. There's kids walking around the classroom, leaning on him, talking, and the teacher's talking, teaching, and the kids just walk around the classroom. I couldn't believe it. I said, how are they going to learn in this setting, you know, what am I going to do? And everyone starts talking about this good school at Willingpool, and I thought, yeah, yeah, sure, but I'm not in the zone, yeah, I won't get in there. <laughs> anyway, so I um, thought, oh God, put this thought in my head, write a letter to your local member of parliament. So, so I did it, and I thought, well, that's what they're for, isn't it? And uh, I told him, oh, we've been in Cambodia, and we've just come back, and the kids are finding it hard to settle, and the classrooms they're in now are very disruptive for them, you know? And uh, so anyway, you could help us, we're not in the zone. He says, sure, here's, um, I'll um, get onto it. And I, next thing I know, the school's ringing me and some magic was done and the kids are accepted. And uh, the, the you know, principal said, well, it just so happens we have two spaces. Oh, I have one space. So we've got two kids. And uh, so we got one end and then a little bit later, the other one went in. So just praise to God, you know, and the school has been terrific like we couldn't want a better school. The stuff they do there is just like unbelievable. You know, after being in Cambodia at an international school, which was great, I mean, to have an international school, it was a Christian school and they'd never been to Christian school before and uh, it was hard. You think Christian school, oh, that'd be great. Man, it is not that. It's not fun when you're not like a little right-wing Christian boy, like, uh, from America, like Elijah was a skater boy, he had earrings, you know, he was a wild boy. Um, but, and they, they had it so hard, you know, like, it was, that's all these expectations on them, because the, their parents are missionaries, like they're super, super spiros, you know, and they got all these teachers, and the teachers are just, most of them are young people who are, heading out into the mission, that was their mission, going to teach the Christians' kids, and they think they've got to indoctrinate our kids with the gospel. <laughs> it was just hard for a lot of the two, the two young kids, they just sailed through. They, they, they loved it. No problem, you know, smooth. But Elijah, this is the, the, the skater boy, 
earrings, you know, and a bit of a lad, and they just, just sort of really put pressure on him, um, made it hard for him. But in saying that, God's in control, and it's made him, he's come out the other end better for it. Um, but and God has just gone on to settle us here, and it's worked out better than we ever could have planned. Um, we're living in our house, it's all fixed up, we've provided the funds and the people, enjoy church, just again, had always, I met this pastor there and he was a builder, and he, had, he, was, he was pastoring as well, but he still had his building coming running and he gave me all his tradesmen, all their phone numbers, and they were great, and they just came and helped him do everything, and did everything for a really good price, and the tradesmen was excellent, it was just, and everyone else was telling me here, Oh, tradesmen just a nightmare. Well, dealing with tradesmen, oh, oh, you'll never get them. They won't turn up and they won't do the work. And this all went off top work. It was just like, and the tradesmen were all great. And they weren't all Christians, but they were all really good guys. And they really looked after us and did a great job in their house. So I just thank God for all he's done for us and looked after us. And not that I ever doubted he would, but it's still hard processing it all and putting it all in the place when you're coming back. And Mother's Heart's still growing great, better than ever, and it's all being run by Cambodian people, which was our goal. And that's what we wanted when we left. We wanted whatever we did to be sustainable and to be passed on so they could do it. They didn't want us white honkies over there doing it. They, they need to do it themselves, and, and they are. And we're so proud of all that Cambodian people that have stood up and done the job and learned. And, been your friends. I'd love to share you a story from a couple of weekends ago. I, uh, I like to think I'm an outgoing person, so I like to put myself in, um, in some opportunities to get to know people, meet some people I haven't met before. And, um, a bit of context to my story that I want to share this morning is that uh, Sarah and I have been involved with a thing called Park Run. Does anyone know what Park Run is? Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, so Park Run is an international thing that set up our volunteers five kilometres. Uh, some people walk, some people push the pram, um, some people run with a dog foolishly. Um, I'm not casting dispersions on others, that is me. Um, people can take it as they will. Um, and so they're all across the world. Uh, you, you get timed at the end, you hand in your barcode that you've printed off and, and you get an email and, and it tells you how fast you went and you can compare all this stuff. It's, it's a really helpful enabling tool for, for people who um, are lazy, like me. I'm a lazy guy. Um, but I enjoy the community that is involved with uh, things like parkrun and so we used to do it in Bendigo, come down here, there's one at Newport. Uh, our home parkrun is Altona Beach. And uh, it runs from, if, if you go along Altona Beach, heading west, and then uh, you get to sort of the, um, there's a park, and the road diverts off to the right a little, so it doesn't go right along the beach anymore. It starts there. And so, um, since we've had our second child, um, it's pretty easy to not want to go. Uh, eight o'clock is when it starts on a Saturday morning. Uh, that's probably the biggest 
thing that you probably would have appreciated tonight in case you're considering it. Eight o'clock Saturday mornings. Uh, and so I've been getting up most Saturday mornings, taking Ruben with me, getting him out of the house, gives her a break, um, and, and I've been doing it with a pram, so poor dog, he has to stay at home, unfortunately. Um, one particular morning, uh, two Saturdays ago, we're off, we're going. Um, Newport doesn't let you take dogs because of some of the fauna and flora spaces that they have. And I thought, well, I don't, usually I have the dog, but I don't have the dog, maybe this is a chance, maybe I'll go to Newport instead, instead for a bit of variety. Or... And I thought, no, no, I'm gonna go to Altona Beach. And, and, I, and I felt like God just sort of said, that's, that's your home park, right? You have met people there, you've got to know some people there, you know, that's where you're building some relationships. Go, go to your home park run. So I sort of diverted on the way there. I thought, no, I'll keep going to Altona. Uh, you can volunteer with park run. And, uh, you know, it sort of is run by volunteers. And so occasionally I've helped do timekeeping. And, and so you get to cheer everyone over the line. Even though those people that have that look on their face, that's like, don't even look at me. Um, of pain from five kilometres. Uh, but the great thing through volunteering is you get to meet all these people and chat. So I go along. And uh, Reuben got me up extra early that morning. I was not feeling great, I, but I was still determined to get out of the house. So I resigned myself to, listen, I'll take the pram, but I'm not going to run. I'm just going to walk. Like, let's take it easy. Get there, set up. It's not a lovely morning. A guy I previously met and had some good conversation, a bit of running banter with each other, um, was there. We're sort of chatting away, we're walking over to the start line and, and asking how he is. And he's like, Oh, I've been a bit sick lately, like the last few weeks, and I'm not feeling great, so I think I'm just going to take it easy. He's, you know, got tracksuits on and a jumper on. I thought, yeah, it looks like you're going to take it easy. I was like, well, I'm actually going to, I'm just walking. Like, shall we walk together? It's a date. Oh, bromance at last. Um, and anyway, so we just like, off we go. And he's like, oh, if you want to run. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I've come to walk. I'm not, this, this is where I'm at right now. And so we walked the 5K and, and the whole first half of it, it's a, out and back sort of thing. Whole first half, he, uh, we talked about he, him and his workplace and some of the difficulties he's been having in. And he even asked, like, what would you do with this circumstance? And it was a great time to get to know each other. And on the way back, he asked me, you know, well, what, what do you do? And it's a great conversation killer. <laughs> if, if you're not an outgoing person and you need a way to get out of a conversation, study, get into full-time ministry, and, and when they ask you, so what do you do? I'm a minister, and you just see the conversation end right before your eyes. It's amazing for an outgoing person, not amazing at all. Um, to my great surprise, it just blossomed this opportunity for conversation further. Um, the whole second half of the way, he's asking me questions. We're chatting away, you know, and, and at one point he says to me, oh, I'm, I'm not religious at all. I went, ooh. I mean, what's the difference between not religious and at all? And so I, as I do, I said, 
Don't mind me asking, but um, feel free to not answer. But I noticed you said this. What, what's the go with that? Um, and, and he just openly shared a couple of times. I, I told him how much I appreciated um, the level of openness that we could have in conversation. Uh, and, and he said things of the same effect of, of, you know, it seems like we can't have conversations with, with other people who don't believe what we believe or stand from opposite viewpoints and it turns into a slinging match and, 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 and bitter. And, and, and he said numerous times, yeah, listen, I really appreciate that, you know. Uh, he, he says, you know, we've, you know, I can tell from times we've, we've chatted just slightly, you know, I feel like you're just a, a light, positive person and, and I, I feel like we can talk about this. I go, well, thank you, God. Like, you know, thank you for opportunity for relationship, uh, to, to be put in a position uh, to meet people, to be able to lightly have laughs and chats with people, to then grow into positions where people are willing to share life together and uh, that was such a privilege and you know and I'm praying as we're sort of walking back going I know how much how little a distance we have left to go and and you know if God there's an opportunity here to say more than give it if not Lord I I pray for the next opportunity next Saturday or um, you know and we got to we got to get into a few things that sort of stood as wrestling points for him um, which was a privilege that he was willing to share that. And, and, and you know, I certainly didn't try, to correct, try and correct his thinking, but I suppose shared some things from my point of view of, of things I'd learnt and, and things how I'd wrestled as well with the things he's wrestled and, and thoughts that have helped me come to the place I'm in now and maybe be in a slightly different place at another point in time. Um, and so I was just really thankful for the simple way God presented an opportunity. And I was really thankful for that morning in that I was perhaps going to miss that opportunity. Um, but I just had that redirection from God to go, now nah, go to your home park run. That's where your relationships are. Um, and so I wanted to share that with you this morning. You know, there, there might be quite a journey to go. Uh, I really appreciated the following Saturday. Just... He ran and I had the pram, so I was not going his pace. Um, and, and for him to come find me and ask just to have a bit more of a friendly chat and talk about soccer and, and a few things, and, and that was it for the morning. But I thank God for, for the next bit that it was. So uh, I wanted to share that this morning. I want to encourage you guys to, to look for those spaces of opportunity, those little things that could turn into more, the opportunities, those relationships. Um, and encourage you to, to imagine what God is bringing for you. So that's what I want to share this morning.